1: You are listening to the Roaring Repeater podcast on
0: 7220Sports.com. Here's Cody. Jared, I need you to do me a gigantic favor today. Stay off of social media.
1: I can probably do that.
0: Jackson Mahomes is dancing in the streets of Kansas City right now.
1: So that means his (laughs) wife and his brother are as well. So I'm I'm out.
0: It's terrifying. Is there a more hated guy in the worldwide of whatever the wide world of sports than Jackson Mahomes, Patrick's oh. unlovable little brother?
1: It's bru- he's brutal. <laughs> and did you see on the Super Bowl when they were presenting the trophy? Yes. His agent was back there positioning his wife oh. and their baby oh. to be on camera.
0: I I maybe it's just the Broncos fan in me, but you're not a Broncos fan, The Chiefs are so hateable. I hate Travis Kelsey with an absolute burning passion. And I understand Patrick Mahomes is great and all that stuff, but his outsiders make him so unlikable, too. I can't stand this team. Nothing about him. Juju Smith-Schuster, him running his mouth on Twitter, too. I cannot stand these guys.
1: Travis Kelsey's pretty damn good, though.
0: He's really good, but you know what I can't help but think as a Broncos fan is this is what everybody else thought about Shannon Sharp, probably. How Shannon was so good but would not shut up and would not quit saying the most idiotic things. I just heard on the way over... The reason I'm bringing this up is I keep... I heard on the way over here, they were playing some of the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Of course, Chiefs beat the Eagles last Sunday in Super Bowl 57. Uh, But they have Travis Kelsey going up to the podium and he is still talking about how nobody believed in the Chiefs this year. And he said... This is for all you haters during last April who said that the Chiefs wouldn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, the Chiefs wouldn't even make the playoffs? What, what are we talking about here? These guys are so hateable, I cannot stand them.
1: Well, you don't have to deal with them for another, like, eight months.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I saw Jackson Mahomes dancing on my feet uh-huh. earlier, and I uh, yeah, I, I uh, couldn't believe my eyes. No thanks. <laughs> so, Super Bowl, you were down in Phoenix. I was. Uh, how was the the crowds had to be – Phoenix had to be buzzing.
1: It was very much so. It was kind of – when we flew in on Tuesday night going down the escalator to go to the baggage claim to get our clubs, and you know how the executive drivers have their screens held up in the name of their whoever they're waiting for? Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Really? And I'm like, that guy's flying commercial well. from San Fran or wherever he may be why aren't there like a group of players all coming together on a private jet? Right. From one place. But anyway, that was one. Uh, we walk outside, and there are collectors, you know, sports memorabilia collectors. And they're on their phones at carrying little mini helmets with them. And they're on the phone. Okay, he's over here. The guy just takes off running. He's bigger than you. Wow. And he is hauling ass down the <laughs> sidewalk. Because <Wow. laughs> there was a player down there, I guess. And then um, we did see uh, Kay, what is her name from the NFL Network? Uh, Kay Adams. Oh, okay. I get. I think she just was, her contract wasn't renewed or something. Yeah. Anyway, she was standing right next to us for a while, waiting for her vehicle to pick her up. Um, she is tiny. Yeah. I mean, she <laughs> couldn't have been five to a buck ten.
0: Yeah that's crazy i figured with you down there With obviously we're down there for the golf the waste management deal which uh you know uh my buddy kyle our friend kyle he he's a golf fanatic so i actually watched some of that um i didn't mean to but it did look fun that area around whatever hole that is looks like a blast
1: 16 17 and 18 are just nuts yeah and it was some a friend of mine who's a thunderbird which is the volunteer group He said that they they have an X amount of GA passes just for the Thunderbirds that they can give to their buddies, and that's what we get. And then he takes us into these other places. First time in history they got rid of all their GA passes on a Wednesday and a Thursday. The tournament was totally sold out on Friday and Saturday. Wow. And... And that was by far the busiest Thursday I have ever been to. And I'm so glad we didn't go back on Friday. Uh, Because we had offers on Wednesday and Friday to go. And we're like, "Ah, we're going to play golf instead. Um, But it was also the windiest four days I've spent in Scottsdale. Hmm. It was like, did you guys bring that with you from Wyoming? (laughs) And it wasn't just breezy. It was 30 mile an hour gusts. Wow. So that's weird. We're on the third level of the 16th hole. And it is cold up there mm-hmm. so before that we were down right below that on the 10th and the water or the winds coming right at us we walked back to the merchandise tent and bought sweatshirts wow they're not cheap yeah <laughs> so they have you you can't go anywhere else yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh yeah did you make it to the Dan patrick show did not logistics just didn't work out for us it was a little bit further away than i thought it was Mm -hmm. and we were going to go on friday but it would have added another 45 minutes to our drive and with the traffic we just said you know what it's not worth it
0: you know, the one thing I've gone to in Phoenix, I've I've covered a game there at the football stadium in Glendale and and a, a Suns game downtown and been to a Phillies game down at the Diamondbacks park, but the craziest thing I've been to was a NASCAR race they have down there. And I'm not a NASCAR guy. My uncle is and he asked me to go with him once and said, "Yeah, I'll go experience that, see what it's like." 100,000 plus. Oh, yeah. hotter than hell. And they have it to where you can't leave that place. So they have pop up makeshift grocery stores and stuff in the in the parking lot, mm-hmm. where it's just huge tents. And they actually have coolers in there, and you can go buy beer. It looks like you're at a mini mart, but it's just in a tent in the parking lot. So there's no getting in and out. You're you're <laughs> you're stuck. But that was cool experience, minus the uh, race part. Other than that, it was a blast, man. The tailgating was incredible.
1: Yeah, I'm not a NASCAR fan by means, but everybody says if you go to one you may not be converted to a fan but you'll enjoy the day yeah
0: no it was good it was good uh this is the roaring repeater podcast here on 7220sports.com i am cody tucker as always joined by jared newland uh touched on the super bowl a little bit marcus epps of course former wyoming walk-on playing safety for the eagles he's the third leading tackler in this game with six tackles for for philadelphia who obviously ends up on the losing side of the coin uh Epps is probably unfortunately going to be remembered for slipping a little bit and getting beat by Travis Kelsey on that first Kansas City touchdown, but nobody can cover that guy.
1: No, and it was a last-second switch, and yeah. as you saw later in the game, they totally whiffed on two other switches that were totally wide open. At least Epps was in um, striking distance, yeah, striking you know, distance of you know. him. But almost every single Eagles player slipped at some point during that game.
0: Field looked like the field was terrible.
1: They spent eight hundred thousand dollars on that field. Yeah. And it's not right. And the, the Chiefs complained about it saying if this is gonna be the same field that we played on back in September, uh, it's gonna be horrible. Right. So they came prepared with some cleat, you know, different cleats. Yeah. But a lot of those guys did have two or three sets of cleats.
0: Well I noticed Jalen Erds changed his after the first drive yep. and, and he had a successful first drive, but yeah. he, he changed those. You know, I love natural grass, and I thought it was great this year when Wyoming played at BYU to see some grass stains and and play on that natural grass, and that was the only time the Cowboys did play on natural and maybe the only time in the last two years. Um, But, I mean, do you almost have to go to synthetic at this point just to – especially for a Super Bowl so you don't have that kind of stuff deciding things?
1: Well, I also heard on a program earlier this week that they said that they think that the heat from the stage at halftime – is what made the field worse in the second half hmm. interesting so who knows if that's true or not yeah but you saw the the one shot of all those people out there fixing the divots with buckets and all right. that. i mean you, you should not be doing that in, on the biggest stage yeah in nfl yeah overall thoughts on
0: the super bowl bum the eagles lost thought it was a great game entertaining entertaining i for mean sure. definitely
1: entertaining yeah um and i thought the commercials were probably as good as they've been and a long time. Yeah, I really enjoyed some of those.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody's going to talk about that final call. Of course, the holding call on the outside—pretty eh, terrible spot to if throw you're not, that
1: flag. If you're not going to call it all game, you can't call it there.
0: No, no, that was unfortunate too. Would have loved to see Jalen Hurts mentioned get another shot.
1: And it probably would have been about a minute thirty-ish yeah. left.
0: Yeah, by plenty the time and two timeouts. Went
1: and they could have scored a touchdown but definitely probably gotten field goal range tied up and going to overtime yeah. with the new overtime rules. Mhm. I mean, who knows if they would have scored in 10 minutes or they both would have scored.
0: Yeah. That could have been fun, yeah.
1: man. And then it could have gone to another one. Who knows?
0: That's the bummer. Just kind of got robbed there at the end. And like I mentioned last week, I was lucky enough to cover Jalen Hurts in high school at Channelview High School in the Houston area and uh, <sighs> really cool to see what he's what he's done, you know, and he's what 23, 24 years old and uh what he's done as a second-round pick who wasn't really expected to be the face of a franchise, and he's about to get paid, and Humble yeah. really deserves it.
1: His composure yeah. is under control yep. the entire time.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yep. Well, <coughs> pardon me. Um, let's talk about some kind of sad news before we get into more uh, University of Wyoming topics here, and this is a UW topic, obviously, but Conrad Dobler passed away this week at the age of 72 obviously uh, known as the dirtiest player in NFL history, um, just a uh, an ambassador to UW that maybe didn't even necessarily try to be an ambassador to UW, but who wouldn't be proud of having the dirtiest, scrappiest <laughs> player in football history be an alumni and the, and the way he did it, being an undersized guy and clubbing and kicking and biting his way through a 10-year ten, ten NFL career. I mean, just really, really... Uh, uh, Going to miss that guy on a personal note after getting to know him a little bit and, and meeting him and spending a day with him. But uh, sad news for uh, Wyoming alumni everywhere.
1: Definitely. And um, I was able to meet him one time um, when he was back at the university when I was working there. Uh, just a hum- humble guy, just happy to meet you and talked with you. And mm-hmm. his hands are just monsters. <laughs> yeah i mean when he shook his hand my mind disappeared but uh just just a really good guy and and at that time he was having a little bit of trouble getting around but you were able to sit down with him much later Mm -hmm. and where he was actually going through some serious health stuff yeah
0: in 2019 we we all knew about his physical ailments he'd been uh Featured on HBO Real Sports, I believe. Uh, also, Phil Mickelson saw that the golfer reached out and and gave his family a uh, million dollars, I believe, to help get his kids through school because his wife at the time had had an unfortunate accident where she was sleeping in a hammock in the yard and and uh, fell fell out of the hammock and became a uh, paraplegic. So, uh, you know, some tough stuff for Conrad um, in his personal life after after the game of football. And this is a guy who gave himself to the game one hundred percent and at the end and i don't know how he passed away i, I haven't heard the details on any of that uh, exactly what happened but i know in 2019 talking to him his uh his mind was starting to uh you know resemble his body and his body was like nothing i'd ever seen he'd had 30 plus surgeries on one knee alone and it was like the cartoons you see of like stitches on cartoons that's what it looked like some frankenstein stuff on his knees his knees were as big as cantaloupes he couldn't get around without a, without a cane, and I believe some pictures I saw from his family, he was in a wheelchair there at the end, and it's no surprise, he, he, but just sad to see that. But you know what? One of those guys who's like, hey, I wouldn't be where I'm at without the game of football, so, you know, so be it.
1: And uh, it would be interesting to see if he or his family chooses to donate his brain to CTE. I wondered that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would have to say there's no doubt the way he played the game and you know that old equipment and um that's what i love i love watching the old stuff with conrad and how miserable he'd make a guy like merlin olsen and you know he was so proud to tell me again in 2019 even though it's in his book how proud he was of making merlin olsen quit during a game and (laughs) and it would talk about the fact that he's a he's a tough cowboy from wyoming picking on a you know hall of famer who's a mormon from utah state (laughs) and how much he enjoyed making his life hell and and uh, it was just it was so many great stories and so funny. Just uh, love that guy. And I'm going to share this. This is a little crass, but I thought it was hilarious, and it kind of showed Conrad. My wife went with me to that interview in Pueblo, Colorado, at Conrad's daughter's house. And I asked him at the end, you know, Conrad, where do you see yourself in five years? He stares right at my wife, and he goes, I see myself getting with a blonde with big boobs and a pissed-off <laughs> husband, and stares right at her. And I'm like... Oh, this guy is fantastic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't remember him playing by any means. Yeah. I remember him in the Miller Lite commercials. Oh, yeah. Those were so good. And if you get a chance, go out on YouTube and look up the old Miller Lite commercials. They're just so good to watch. Yeah,
0: we have. I put it in my story on remembering uh, Wyoming football legend Conrad Dobler on 7220 Sports. I put in some uh, videos Actually, shot a video myself while I was there talking yeah, to him. And those are good. Yeah, he's just uh, he's a character, man.
1: And you're wearing a throwback Wyoming yep. Conrad Dobler jersey today. It's one of those Adidas Authentics, kind of like the Fennis Dembo ones yep. were. Um, the first jersey I remember receiving as a gift as a kid, my uncle brought it back from Laramie. And it was number seventy-three, and it was it was just white with brown lettering. It was, I, I don't even know if it said Wyoming on or Cowboys or something. And he he convinced me until I knew better that Conrad actually wore that in practice. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I was like, I bought into it, and of course. Well, you heck! Know, heck yeah! Because I I knew who he was, but I didn't really know who he was. Yeah. Type of a deal. So that's great. And then I was like. It wasn't his practice jersey. They <laughs> sold those in the bookstore. Yeah,
0: this is one of my prized possessions. To be honest with you, my wife found it on eBay for me, I believe, a couple years ago, and this is one I always wanted, and she found it.
1: Too bad it wasn't signed.
0: Yeah, well, he would have signed it, and he told, and I had it with me when I saw him. But I, I want to wear it. You know, I, I could have got it. He signed some other stuff for me though, and I know that's not really the journalistic thing you're supposed to do is get any kind of signatures or anything, but I mean, this guy's a living legend and what I love about him most is he was never an all conference kind of guy. Never, you know started
1: out as an offensive lineman. that was he, moved to defensive yeah,
0: line. Yeah. Fred Shermer moved him to the yeah. defensive line and, and he just he was one of those I'll do whatever it takes for the team and he was the same way with the with the St. Louis Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints and the Buffalo Bills just Conrad, don't let them touch your quarterback. Yep. Deal. And he did everything in his power, and it's amazing. I believe 1975, 74, one of those, the St. Louis Cardinals offensive line with Dobler and Dan Deardorff gave up eight sacks all year long. And you're talking about the Purple People Eaters, uh, the Steel Curtain, the Dallas Cowboys front. I mean, you're talking about some unbelievable defensive lines. The The Los Angeles Rams back then with Merlin Olsen. So, uh Quite a quite a deal, especially for a guy who was 6'3", 254 pounds. That is not a big offensive guard even in those days. So, mm-hmm. um, I just I loved his story. I remember asking him specifically why Wyoming. He was highly recruited out of, out of high school out of Twenty Nine Palms, California, and he said, "Why Wyoming?" I wanted to win a championship, and he wasn't talking about a WAC championship. He was talking about a national championship. The Cowboys were just in the Sugar Bowl. They were in the top ten. Uh, the trajectory of the program was unbelievable. I guess you could probably compare it nowadays to maybe a Boise State, mm-hmm. you know, how they were. And that could have been Wyoming's trajectory. But, of course, the Black 14 happened while Conrad was a youngster in Laramie, and and he was pissed about it. He said those those dudes were good guys, and they should have just let them wear the damn arm bands. He said they weren't hurting anybody. And then at the end of that year, the black players that stayed on campus uh, apparently, they asked the players to take a team vote on whether they wanted the black guys back or not, and he really thought that was bullshit, and he was not. He, he didn't mince words. Mm-hmm. He thought it was complete bullshit and said, these are good guys, and they make us better. And then he said, do you think we could recruit a black guy after that? No way. And yep. he said, and we didn't. And they were Wyoming was not good while Conrad was in Laramie. So I found that interesting. You know, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Cal, all those schools wanted him. And he was like, I'm not going there. I'm going to the best team in the West. And, I mean, it's just crazy to think like that now.
1: And you use Boise State as an example of where Wyoming, that same trajectory. I'm going to say it was bigger than that because there was less teams.
0: Sure. Maybe in Nebraska. Yeah. Like when Devaney took over at Nebraska. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so sad news about Conrad
0: Dohler. Got to know his family a little bit. I went to school with his daughter, Abby, um, here in Cheyenne. And... uh, just uh really sad news to hear that and and unfortunately after talking to him jared i can't say that i was completely stunned you know even talking to him he said i don't know how much time i have left maybe a few years and and uh you you just you know that old saying kind of like badasses don't die (laughs) you kind of don't expect him to because he was a badass to the end
1: well 72 years old i mean lived a pretty good life but you wish that guy could have held on for another 15. no doubt so
0: no doubt all right, let's move on to some happy content. And you haven't heard this very often this year, happy Wyoming basketball. Something that stood out to me last night in that unbelievable 70-56 to 56 win in the pit, smiles on the faces of these players They were having in the fun. second half.
1: And of course you're going to have fun when shots are going in for you. <laughs> yeah, But they were having fun. They were still playing their ass off. But, yeah. I mean, they were having a lot of fun out there. Um, only eight guys got in the game because that's... All they have.
0: And that's fact, because Kenny Foster it, really. came back.
1: Yeah, besides Court and yep. Nathaniel, if yep. he has to play at some point. Right. But, uh, I mean, they played a solid game, shot the ball well. Um, once again, shooting the ball really well from the free throw line. Yeah. I mean, if that would have happened earlier on the year, they could have had two or three more wins probably. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, but, you know, 11, hitting 11 threes, they did put up quite a few. They shot 37%. But um, – but overall it was a great team effort and you know who else was having fun it looked like the coaching staff yeah i didn't see the stomping around throwing linder throwing his arms up in the air complaining about every single play yep he was more calm and encouraging type of of coaching instead of the other stuff that we've seen and a lot of that i know is what's going on behind the scenes, it carries over to the court. Sure. But at the same time, hopefully this stays because he's a much better coach when that happens.
0: Yeah. He was uh, on the verge of tears last night in his post-game press conference. Kind of got quiet a couple times when he was talking about how proud he was. And he was right, absolutely right. Hunter Thompson and Hunter Maldonado have been here for six years. They've never won in the pit. And this is a really good New Mexico team. They're not great right now, and they didn't have Jalen House. But they still are loaded. They, they This team was in the top 25. They were the last unbeaten team in the country.
1: They entered it twice this year, I believe. If Did not they? Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, they so. were 14-0 to start the yeah. year, and uh, they're really good. They're a really good team. And the Cowboys, the beauty of that, Hunter Thompson hits four threes in the first half, and Hunter had a miserable game at Boise State. 0 for one from the field. Why is he only shooting one ball for one and then fouls out and has a turnover?
1: And five rebounds, and four of them were on the offensive. Offense, huge. And two of those two three-point plays that they got on fouls, they made all six free throws. Yep. Those came off of second possession opportunities.
0: That's right. Yeah, no, it was huge last night. The effort, they beat New Mexico in every effort category last night. And New Mexico was supposed to be the more desperate team here. Their bubble just burst. If they even had a bubble in the first place, it completely burst
1: last night. They may not even make the NIT now.
0: Yeah. After starting fourteen and zero, yeah. and they didn't have like a, a the hardest you know non conference schedule, but it wasn't
1: it wasn't easy. They, had some, they have quality wins. San, Francisco, Mary's, San Francisco, San Francisco, uh, at and, SMU. Yeah, I was trying to think of the other one. Yeah, yeah, SMU. So they they have three really good quality wins, but a quad four loss last night hurts.
0: Yeah, it hurts a lot. And they got they got run out of the gym, and Ducell comes out and hits three consecutive threes in the second half. That's the stuff that's been happening to the Cowboys all year. Ducell did that, and Linder had the best point. They never let the 12,000 in attendance get into this thing at all, and the Boo Birds came out midway through the second half. Yep. You don't hear that inside that building. It was incredible.
1: Yeah, all you hear is that howling sound. He <laughs> didn't hear much of that last night. How about those shots that Ducelle dropped and the Kenny Foster one? Yeah. The ripping of the net yep. that that mic picked up even the announcers were saying that is a sweet sound (laughs) yeah no doubt
0: no it was great and I thought Xavier Ducell, not only did he hit Mm. those uh, he was kind of the feature of my of my uh, column last night because once again he's on Jamal Mashburn Jr. he guards the other team's best guard in every single game I thought he was incredible I watched him against Isaiah Stevens the whole time against CSU his numbers looked okay. It looked like he was on his way to a triple double, but it was the quietest triple double of all time, and he never let him get rolling. Jamal Mashburn hit some great shots last night, some great mid range stuff. He finished with 15 points. He's the Mountain West leading scorer at 20. Mm. That was a really quiet 15 points. And Mashburn went to the line there late in the second half. He shouldn't even have been at the line. He shouldn't even have got two more there. But Ducell did an unbelievable job on him, and even Linder said after if you get offense out of. Do sell?
1: That's a bonus, and it absolutely was. And it was the, that Alec kid, fourteen percent yeah. free throw shooter, or I mean, a three point shooter. and He hits two of them last night. Exactly. It was going to be one of those things like, here we go again. Somebody's going to have a career high. In this <laughs> exactly. Wyoming. Exactly.
0: And that didn't happen. That no. didn't happen last night. The Cowboys did an unbelievable job. All five, le- all five starters for the Cowboys in double figures, aside from Jeremiah Oden, who. Also quietly had nine points and seven rebounds last night. He's been really good. These guys have all been stepping up. Brendan Winslow gets the hard hat last night. That's what the team gives to the hardest working, grittiest player of the night. All, this whole roster deserved that, but Brendan Winslow might have been the best player on the court last night as far as doing the dirty work. He gets three offensive rebounds, four on the defensive end, dishes out three assists. He's all over the floor, diving everywhere. This is a guy who was playing on one leg two weeks ago.
1: You know how we always talk about how Odin needs to drive more? Yeah. I remember there was a timeout, and Linder went right to Odin. He wasn't yelling at him. He was just like, he kind of pointed, and Odin goes, I know. Yeah, <laughs> He totally missed an opportunity to a drive, yeah. and he goes, I got you.
0: Yeah. So. He could be even better. Oh. So many of these guys could be even better. So Caden Powell only finishes with two points last night. He was in there getting dirty as well. You know, he gets two defensive boards uh, in 10 minutes of play. Nate Barnhart was diving all over the floor last night. Um, But Kenny Foster coming back, that had to be an unbelievable lift. He only shot twice, but he made one, pulled down a board. Um, That guy just had back surgery. He hasn't played since late December. So that had to give them a huge boost. And that's a guy who could have said, hey, (laughs) we have seven wins. I just had back surgery. I'm not. I'm not coming back for this. And you look down the line here, Ducell's the only player on this team who's appeared in every single game this year. And speaking of, uh, the heart and soul of this team, Hunter Maldonado, absolutely incredible last night. He's playing with one arm. Uh, That left arm was obviously in some serious discomfort. He kept it close to him all night. He fell on it all night. Uh, That guy is the heart and soul. And I got to be honest with you, I've been one of those dudes that's like, you know, Will it be a good thing when Hunter graduates? And and stick with me here when I say this. I love Hunter Maldonado. I have a lot of respect for him. Obviously, his game's incredible, but it's it's one of those deals where it's like he's been around for a really long time. Maybe, you know, Noah Reynolds was kind of held up last year because he couldn't get in, uh, you know, behind Maldo And, and uh, you know, he's not flashy, and he doesn't say stupid stuff, and he doesn't get all crazy or pump the crowd up or anything. And maybe that's why it's hard for me to be like, He's one of the all-time greats, but he is one of the all-time greats. Oh, yeah. I mean, is he a guy, though, that you put his number in the rafters one day?
1: I don't see that happening, but if they change the rules of how those numbers appear in the rafters, possibly. No. Um, personally, I think anybody who's in the Hall of Fame should have their numbers in the rafters, not their jersey retired, sure. but their numbers should be in the rafters. Yeah. And maybe that's more what I'm yeah. talking and about. He, yeah, and he will qualify for the Hall of Fame, obviously being a 2,000-point scorer, yeah. the most assists in Mountain West games, all this kind of stuff. He's definitely going to be – he'll be in the Hall of Fame at some point in his career.
0: That guy has battled through everything. I mean, he has been on some of the worst basketball teams in Wyoming history, one of the best. He came back this year because he knew something special could be on the horizon – Obviously that carrot has been gone for a long time. He still just continues to plug, man.
1: Yeah, the two hunters could have hung it up Christmas time and said, You know what, guys, we've done a lot for this program and yeah. without everybody without the supporting cast, I'm sorry, I'm done. Yeah. Or just don't act like it when you're out there. They're still they're both playing some of the best basketball of their careers. Yeah, right now. Yeah.
0: Man, and <clears throat> you know, you look back, I'm looking at Hunter's stats right here at San Jose State. To me, maybe the turning point in this season of a lot of turning points, probably. Uh, we all know what happened, and we'll get into that right after the San Jose State game. But they go and just get thumped, and it was ugly. 20-point loss. They were 20-2 and all-time against the Spartans.
1: We don't need to talk about that. Until that game. game.
0: But Maldonado goes out and scores 34. Then responds the next game against UNLV with all kinds of turmoil surrounding the program. 17. Then 14 at Boise State. 20 last night against the Lobos he and he's doing all the other things. He's always on the floor. He's he does everything.
1: Well, he's playing himself into a first team selection. Absolutely. Where he was in the preseason. Yeah. And um you don't see a team in the lower echelon, uh, you know, the standings uh have a player in there, but he's probably going to be in there.
0: Yeah. He's a guy too, Jared. I think we openly talked about it. Um maybe he's not the same without Graham EK in the in the lineup and Maybe there was some times this year as they were struggling to find an identity and everything that he wasn't, but he's showing right now that he can be another guy that can put this team on his back, and we saw it in that last year of the Allen Edwards era. They went into Vegas and won a couple, Mm -hmm. and they won a couple on the back of Hunter Maldonado, and he is just – he's a guy where I would never put him in the top five in Wyoming basketball history, maybe even not even the top ten, but he's changing my mind. With every game he's playing.
1: Just because he does so many different things.
0: Yeah. And Linder talks about it ad nauseum. He's a pro. He's a pro. He's a pro. He's like, you guys don't see it. He said last night they would get back to Laramie around 1 in the morning. Guess who's going to be in the training room at 8 o'clock with a smile on his face, ready to go. Mm -hmm. And you know he's tired. He's exhausted. He's banged up. He's had the concussion, the ribs, the back, the knee, the arm. I mean, one thing after another, and he just keeps chugging. I mean, I I respected Hunter Maldonado all along, but now it's just growing for me that I really think he's going to, depending on what happens here over the next month, he might be playing himself into a top five player of all time. And I know a lot of people are going to want to put an asterisk next to this thing because of the COVID year, but how many extra games did they get during the COVID year? 14 or something like
1: that? I mean. Well, and he's playing this season because of that yeah. season. Yeah. But yeah, it's even if you take the points away that he's yeah he eclipsed two thousand because of the exterior he got and all that kind of stuff. He's still was it in the eighteen hundreds or seventeen hundreds? Remember entering it, so he's still up there.
0: Yeah, and he's clearly a glue guy because after that San Jose State game a couple of Saturdays ago, of course we get the news: all three transfers. These the biggest story in the off season is how did Jeff Linder pull off this coup and bring in two USC guys, Max Ogbong-Polo, Ethan Anderson, and snaggy UCLA guard in Jake Kyman? Those guys played in Final Fours, Elite Eights, and they all played AAU basketball together in Southern California, and you're getting them as a package deal, and you're adding them to a team that just was in the NCAA tournament, and the only players the Cowboys lost off that roster, aside from Jake Ge- Drake Jeffries, who was turning out to be a gigantic loss uh, and could have come back. Um, John Grigsby and guys like that, the blue-collar boys who didn't play, Owen Nelson, guys like that, you lost basically zero production, and you bring these three in, and it now we know it has proved to be a complete disaster. Those three leave the program the day before Wyoming hosts UNLV.
1: Yeah, when I woke up uh, Wednesday morning, I'm getting my phone's blown up. i like, what are you guys talking about? I yep. don't even know. I haven't even been on social media. On the golf course, getting calls, and I'm just declining them all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I got the news really early on, and you and I were talking yep. from a very early that morning. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of smoke here. And then next thing you know, I'm starting to get people telling me, hey.
1: A lot of smoke and not too many mirrors <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah so we knew early on and and uh, you know some journalistic stuff I texted Nick Seaman at the university and said, hey, uh, I got it on pretty good authority from numerous uh, numerous people that these three are no longer with the program and of course you know they their job is to protect the university so didn't get a text back texted you and said I'm going with this it's, it's going. I, I believe in these sources it's going. UW puts out a press release two minutes before.
1: And <laughs> before it's, snagged the quote, and then went with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah, uh, and I saw somebody on social media make a comment to uh, uh, another beat writer, and saying, uh, "Source U uh, Dub, how about seventy two twenty sports?" Yeah, and he kind of laughed at it. Yeah, by that and, but
0: I don't think he saw that there was already a story out and the yeah. whole shebang. It wasn't.
1: That wasn't off that press but release. I think they were going to hold on to it as long as they could, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, because that stuff doesn't happen. Yep. Three guys just leaving like that, and and you know, and then you're on the phone all day long. And I talked to a lot of sources in California that are close with these three, um, three people, in fact, in California that are close to these three. And you know, people keep asking me, "Have we found out what happened yet?" I mean, we didn't. The public didn't even know if these guys left or had been dismissed. Uh, they left. They absolutely left. Every single source said they left the program. Um, But their rebuttal is Jeff Linder has not been nice. He has not been cool with these guys at all. He's been really hard on them. And numerous times he has told them, pack your shit and hit the bricks. And apparently that's happened, what my source in California says, 20 plus times this year. So they finally decided to do it. And Maybe that's because they just got boat raced at San Jose State and none of the three were an impact whatsoever. Ethan Anderson's numbers tanked. He was the one I think we can all agree showed some promise this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Ogmong Polo was on the bench for numerous games, uh, and people would go, how are they not playing Max Ogbong Polo? That guy is an athletic freak. He's a lot like Jeremiah Oden. Um, so I asked Jeff Linder. And he didn't. He beat around the bush a little bit, but it was more like, Cody, you know better, is what his answer really was. If you're not doing what I'm asking you to do, you're not going to play. We saw it in Jeff Linder's first year when he benched Marcus Williams, the Mountain West Freshman of the Year. Yep. He didn't have a bench to bench Marcus Williams, but he did it anyway. Because Jeff Linder is the head coach, and he is not farting around.
1: During tournament time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, against San Diego State. Yep. He would not slow down, so... Jeff slowed him down and put him on the bench. I believe he only played 10 minutes in that game against San Diego State and the Cowboys damn near won. Yep. So bottom line is when people ask me what happened with these California guys, Coach Linder was really tough on them. They finally had had
1: enough. They left. And I'm sure there's always two sides to every story. It's a he said, she said deal. Um, And I'm sure that they had some other reasons why. Uh, And if they were asked to leave, great. If they were told to leave, great. (laughs) (laughs) Or if they left on their own, whatever it is, they're gone. Who cares? And it didn't work. Yeah. It it, just didn't work. It did not work. And you learn and live on this situation because if they go out and get transfers again, they're going to vet them a little bit more. Yes. Um, And they're going to have them probably talk to the current players a little bit more. Yeah. Saying, hey, this guy, he's tough, but what coach isn't tough? Right. They're going to ask a lot of you. And in today's NIL world, you better play your ass off. Yeah, I mean that's just that's the way of the game anymore.
0: Yeah, well, and you can read you can read through Linder's comments after games. What he, where he's getting at, you know? I want the guys who want to be in this locker room. That's said numerous times. I love those guys in that locker room. They're proud of being at the University of Wyoming. They're proud of playing for this program. Uh, we need players like the guys in our locker room who are doing more, not less. To get better. Uh, you can read through the lines here, right? <laughs> I think we know who we know what Jeff Linder is getting at,
1: and we all know there's going to be more to the story that comes out. And if we have anything that can be reported, yeah, I mean we'll we'll talk about it.
0: Yeah, I told I told the California crew anybody who wants to uh squeal, and if it if it's that big of an injustice, which a lot of them are claiming it is then that's where you – the ball's in your court. That's where you need to step up and tell me what these injustices were, and then we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, and if it comes out, it comes out. If it doesn't –
0: I think it's dead.
1: We're just going to move on.
0: I think it's gone because it's not going to look good for anybody. And Jeff's not throwing them under the bus. I mean, he subtly, I feel he is, but not completely. I think he could flat out say, hey, those guys didn't work out. They didn't care. You know, And I'm not saying that that's what it happened, but – he could say that kind of stuff, but what would the, that wouldn't make Jeff Linder look good, and it wouldn't make those players look good. It
1: will so. be very interesting to see where these three players end up.
0: Yeah, and Ogbong Polo and Anderson are officially in the uh, NCAA transfer portal, and they will be able to play immediately as grad transfers. So, yeah, I guess we'll pay attention to that. But so another, <laughs> another blow for this snake-bitten program, uh, what, Monday, right before the guys left, those three left on Tuesday, Monday – Jeff Linder comes out and tells the world that uh, they have shut down Noah Reynolds for the season, Wyoming's leading scorer, who has just had such a fantastic sophomore season and really stepped up and really turned into a killer for the Cowboys and a guy that could really be somebody you build the program around here with EK. I, I mean, you can't help but think about him and EK on the court together now and what that could be like in Maldo. Uh, he is um, shut down three what Coach Leonard called major head injuries in six months—you have to.
1: And yeah, you can't mess around with head injury, especially at uh, you know his age. Yeah. And everything. So hopefully he he's um, able to recover fully from those. And of course, speculation is: What well, do you think he's going to come back? Yeah. Well, nobody knows that except for him at this point. That's right. We all hope that he does because he's a great player. Yeah. But if he doesn't, they'll go find somebody else.
0: And that's always the big question, right? And it's it's. Driving me absolutely insane. When people, he's gone. He's gone. Well, he's in the portal. It's like, man, you negative bastards out there. I'm so tired of it. But it, it comes with the territory, and I get it. But it, it's all, it gets old. It gets it does, really yeah. old. Um, if you think about this, guys, and, and we all know money talks, period. Or if you're not happy, you're not happy. But Jeff Linder is the only person on planet Earth that gave Noah Reynolds a Division One scholarship. Does that mean he's going to stay? No. But when you look at that, just from the outside, you would think there's some loyalty there, right? Not to mention he's getting a ton of playing time, and he he's going to be a focal point of this offense, no doubt about it. Graham E.K., same thing. Money talks, all that stuff. But do you guys ever stop to think Graham E.K. was going to play at the University of Northern Colorado? Can you imagine? He would have been a four-time Big Sky Player of the Year. So was Marcus Williams. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But those you know, Jeff Linder stayed with him through a through a disastrous knee injury he suffered in high school. Everybody else who was on him backed off. Jeff Linder did not, because he knew he was special. And the reason I knew he was special is because Jeff Linder, even before E. K. had ever even stepped foot on the court, was telling us how special this guy is and how he's gonna be the best big man in the Mountain West and one of the best big men in the country. Coaches don't talk like that. What if what if EK came out and sucked? You know, you're really putting a lot on the line saying stuff like that, and Jeff Linder was never afraid to say that about Graham. So you like to think that Jeff stuck with them and believed in them. They're going to stick through this and believe in him. And you know what? Maybe they don't, but just live day to day, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Drives me absolutely crazy. It's almost it's my new favorite, like, oh, uh, Craig Bull just picked up two wide receivers in the transfer portal, and this guy had 1,700 yards last year. Well, I hope they like to block. Who's going to throw him the ball?
1: (laughs) It Drives me absolutely crazy. Says the guy who doesn't buy season tickets or attend games.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, drives me nuts. Uh, Some more, some Wyoming football news yesterday. Marty English, defensive ends coach uh, for the Wyoming Cowboys, who's done a fantastic job there, by the way. We've talked about the Wyoming defensive ends last year, coming out of completely nowhere to finish with 32 sacks. Uh, when they didn't have one to their credit before the season even started. Uh, All 32 don't belong to the defensive ends. I believe it was 18 or 19 of them, but still, I mean, (laughs) what he was able to do by focusing just on the defensive ends group, um, that's why I guess, Jared, I was a little shocked to see that he's hanging it up because he's got got it made in the shade, boy, and he's got some studs coming back. So,
1: yeah. You know, he's been at it for a long time, 37 years. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time in, in any profession. Yeah. Uh, let alone when you have in recruiting, the late nights during the season, not seeing your family, not getting able to watch your own kids play. Yep. Now he has grandkids. Sure. Says he's going to stay in Laramie. His wife uh, has been a school teacher. Yep. So good for them to, you know, hopefully they have a place down south in the wintertime.
0: <laughs> uh, After football season. Yeah,
1: and, and I was able to get to know Marty pretty good when I was at the university when he was under Joe Glenn there as the linebackers coach and also a key Colorado recruiter. Absolutely. That's where it's going to hurt the worst, yeah. to be honest with you. His relationships that he had with Colorado high school coaches is second to none.
0: I wonder if he still helps out in that regard, though, even in retirement.
1: Might be able to bend his ear a little bit on, I bet, yeah. you some stuff. And, you know, maybe he could, I don't know what the legalities or rules are on that. But he might be able to, hey, give this guy a call back. Or if you got a diamond in the rough, give this guy a call.
0: One of of his coolest pickups, I think, during his tenure at Wyoming was when he got Brian Hendricks to come to UW. Um, That's a guy whose dad and grandfather played at Colorado State, and they were great players at Colorado State, (laughs) like legacy type of situation where Brian Hendricks walks into Fort Collins and he's automatically, like, beloved – And from Burlington, a small town, uh, just Colorado kid to the fullest, that was Marty English to me. He goes into small town Colorado, pulls a guy, a legacy guy like Brian Hendricks, Mm -hmm. and takes him to Wyoming. And what a career Brian had. And Brian is a coach now. And he wrote me yesterday and told me just what that guy meant to him and how much he meant. And I knew that already. We've already talked about it. But Gabe Napton, another guy, small town Colorado, goes and gets him. Gets Mitch Unrein to walk on at the University of Wyoming from Eaton High School outside of Greeley. That's his legacy to me.
1: And they all turned out to be great players. Yeah. Not just good, yeah. fill in spots. Yeah. Those players you just mentioned, they're great players. Weston Johnson. Yes. <laughs> yeah, great <laughs> players from <laughs> tiny, tiny towns in Colorado. That nobody else would give a chance, but they saw something in them say, Hey, this guy's playing safety here. We can turn him into this. He's going to yeah. grow. Yeah. Let's let's do this. Well, the only thing in my mind that tarnishes the legacy <laughs> of Marty English,
0: I know where you're going,
1: is when he actually <laughs> went to CSU and was a the coach there for a while. It was, I believe, it was the 2017 season.
0: Well, he he was there under Bobo, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: And the Colorado ones doing a you know their weekly uh, border war article and. And I know he was saying it just to make the CSU fans happy, but it still irritated me a little bit. (laughs) Oh, me too. And it says, quote, I do know that they still come here for all their fun, their luxuries, all that kind of stuff. It's just not the same there, English said. I know when that happens, it's like anything. You kind of look around at what everybody else has and you don't have or those kind of things. There's (laughs) some jealousy stuff there. There's some want. And those harbor tough feelings. No, there's not. I no, there's not. The only place that I enjoy going to in Fort Collins is Jim's Wings, <laughs> yeah, and he's a wild guy. guy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and the best damn wings in the country. Right. I don't. Other than that, I could care less about going down
0: there. I'm not jealous of that place at all. Yeah. The only thing I like about Colorado is DIA to go fly out of Colorado and go see my teams when they come play. Denver teams and go see the Broncos. Yeah, but and Coors, which all the good stuff in Coors is from Wyoming anyway.
1: But driving down there anymore? No, it's a pain in the ass, and I don't even like doing
0: it. No, they might have some more restaurants. Other than that, they have the same stuff.
1: More of the quote. <laughs> this is their Super Bowl. This is their everything game. Um, as far as the rivalry goes,
0: yeah, yeah, it's more important to Wyoming. I have no problem saying that super bowl i i I understand his connotation there of being an ass but it it's our super bowl when it's that week sure but overall i don't think anybody would be happy if wyoming was one in 11 and their one win was over colorado state
1: Eh, it's the same on their end too yeah i mean especially the years they don't play cu yeah they care about the wyoming game much more than the Air force game
0: what sucks is the older generation of colorado state fan Appreciates the Wyoming rivalry so much and it's so important to them but the younger CSU pukes it's all about Boulder and they couldn't even sell out Mile High Stadium for the game against CU every year 76,000 people in that nightmare of a state can't make it to Mile High Stadium and fill up the stadium for that game
1: well now they're playing them on campuses right probably because they can't fill up Mile High last week in Arizona staying with a friend his older brother um, lives in Boulder. Didn't go to CU, but it's a huge CU fan. They have a suite there and everything like that. He walks into the house. He's got a Coach Prime sweatshirt on. Oh, he comes in. We's a coming. <laughs> apparently, that's Dion's new saying. Weezer coming. All the next day playing golf. Weezer coming. <laughs> I, I tell
0: you, Jared, one of my favorite college football traditions is early in the in September, looking at my phone and seeing how badly CSU is losing to CU. Other than that, I hope they both lose every game under the sun. I agree. (laughs) Other than that, I go for CU in that game every time. Even as just a normal fan, I was never a conference guy. I don't care about that kind of stuff. I I wanted Wyoming to fly the flag of the conference. I didn't care who else did it. (laughs) So I certainly didn't want CSU doing it. So I always loved watching them getting killed by CU. But it looks like that tradition will be back this year.
1: Yeah, it's at CU this year, I believe, and then it goes to Fort Collins next year or the year after.
0: CSU got hosed during COVID.
1: Yeah. Well, so did Wyoming. We're supposed to host Utah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, during COVID, too, the whole thing was safety and travel and all that, right? What's safer than driving in a bus from Boulder, Colorado to Colorado State University? Yeah. So that's not really what it was about, or that could have happened. And not to mention, remember when Tom Berman was trying like hell to get a game? From what I heard from sources, that was close to being Border War Part 2. Yep. But CSU had beaten Wyoming, and they certainly weren't about to screw up that and turn around and lose to the Cowboys, even though, from what I understand, the bronze boot was not on the line. But still, you had all that good just feeling. Just
1: game in there, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had all that good feeling of finally beating Wyoming after all these years just to turn around and lose to them a couple weeks later. I, I don't blame CSU for saying no to yeah. that at all. At all. But uh, I don't want to end the Marty English talk on on those horrendous quotes because that was bad. But it is weird, Jared. I've noticed for the last couple of years the University of Wyoming has not allowed us any kind of access to Coach English. I don't know why that is. Um, you can speculate all day why that is, and I don't think it's because of stuff like that. I think it's just maybe, you know, he's he's 37 years in and just done done with the media thing. Doesn't
1: want to go back to the Coach Glenn era and how ugly that ended, yeah. especially some people's minds. They despise the place right now. Yeah. Um, Some of it is too. 37 years. Yeah. Let him do his job. Sure. He doesn't need to do interviews right now. Sure. But now that he's retired, reaching out to do some sort of a legacy feature on him. Sure. That'd be great.
0: Yeah. And he always said hi and was always super nice. And he was always around. um, But yeah, he never, he didn't do any of those. But what an interesting career. Four decades on the front range. He didn't go anywhere else. And he could have. And you brought up that, you know, during those quotes, that was the Mike Bobo era. Marty English was a scapegoat on that team so badly. But if you look at those teams, what is the biggest knock against CSU during that era? They didn't get Colorado guys. That's Marty English. That's what he does. So He wasn't allowed to. Yeah, they're getting guys out of Georgia yep. and Florida and Tennessee, and they're worried about this high-powered offense. And then the defense sucked. Weird. <laughs> Weird the defense was so bad. So... He really was a scapegoat in Fort Collins, so it was really cool to see him come. I knew he would thrive under Craig Bowl, being the defensive mind and being a veteran and things like that. Saw some really cool stuff. Jay Sawbell, Wyoming's DC, tweeting out yesterday just how much Marty meant to him and how much he was able to lean on him, and uh, just a really neat deal. that he, I believe, didn't he play for Coach Glenn at, at UNC or coach? Maybe just coached with him. I can't remember he how that worked. Coached
1: with him. He didn't play for him. Yeah, that would have been the ages probably yeah, wouldn't match up. Wouldn't work out,
0: so. but how cool just that connection the whole time and he he went to unc and and you know was it sucked he went to csu of course but um kind of like you remember mike hammerschmidt former coach at csu i
1: really liked mike i got to know him a little bit when he was in laramie yeah great guy vance joseph was the same way too yeah yeah. short-lived careers in laramie but they were there for a little bit
0: yeah i think uh hammerschmidt he coached at wyoming one year i believe and uh nobody was happier to hold the bronze boot that year than he was but he ended up being an assistant coach for the Houston Texans. He's now at Oklahoma State, but he was at the Houston Texans and ended up talking to him on the field there at Reliance Stadium or whatever the hell they call it now Speak
1: some former Wyoming coaching news, uh, Kevin Sumlin, yeah, who was a wide receivers coach under Joe Tiller here, of course Texas A&M, University of Houston, Arizona. University of Arizona, then yep. he was with the Houston Gamblers. Yep. Um, he is the new co-OC at Maryland. Yeah, good and for him. They were, I saw some replies on stuff. His offense won't work in the Big Ten, blah, blah, blah. They're running that offense at Maryland under Mike Loxley. Right. It is wide open as can be.
0: Yeah. And who would have thought Mike Loxley would have ever got another job, let alone in the Big Ten?
1: And be successful at it. Somewhat successful. Exactly. He was a nightmare. Uh, Do
0: you remember when he came to New Mexico? Oh, it
1: was unbelievable.
0: Because we had the mountain back then. And I remember the mountain was just saying, oh my god, this guy's a recruiter from hell. Like, New Mexico is back. And then he landed like a four-star defensive tackle right off the bat.
1: Allegations. Allegations. (laughs) Fighting. Yeah. Speaking of the state of New Mexico, you heard about the New Mexico State basketball program being shut down.
0: What a debacle. I almost put in my column last night, I thought it was New Mexico State that shut their (laughs) basketball program down, not New Mexico.
1: But how about (laughs) that?
0: Oh, unbelievable.
1: Hazing in today's age? What? Not that it was ever successful. But
0: How about the stuff that happened earlier this year at New Mexico? Yeah. The, that game got canceled because
1: one of their players shot somebody. In defense. But then it goes back to when they were hanging out at a football game in a fight. Got in I a mean, fight, yeah. Come
0: on. And what, this coach was an assistant at LSU, and they had all those allegations and stuff Under too. Under Coach Wade. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you don't see that this day in age. My goodness. And you know if it was, ha- it had to be bad hazing.
1: Well, they said it was touching of gent- genitals, like sexual. Yeah, uh, taking pants down and smacking their butt. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just, come on, what it, are you
0: doing? That sounded like a rough and tumble bunch down there. A lot of JUCO dudes, and and New Mexico State was just in the NCAA tournament. They lost. That's why he's there. They just lost their coach to another program Yeah, they've had they were good, so good.
1: Some good teams lately. Yeah. yeah. Weird, yeah. oh, man. okay. Off that subject. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what's weird, Jared, is uh, I'm looking at my list of topics here to go over, and half the time I have like three things on this list, and we go about an hour and a half. I have 50 things on this list, and we're not even at an hour.
1: Well, that's what next week is. <laughs> to have nothing to talk about and talk for an hour. It was funny, though. I texted you yesterday, and like, what are we going to talk about tomorrow? <laughs> And you kind of thought I was serious because you wrote back, you gave me the whole list, and I said, you know, I was kidding. <laughs> I
0: wondered if you were still drunk from Arizona or something.
1: <laughs> Just You can't be given too many more of these gems. Yeah. Just. Like, oh, oh.
0: No doubt. But, you know, what my favorite gem is out of all this is Wyoming's performance on the basketball court last night. Yep. That's what I love talking about with this, you know. And
1: – you look at the f- the future schedule now, they kind of went through that gauntlet yep. where we thought they would probably end up 0-3. Yeah. Well, they get they snuck one out yeah. last night in a difficult place to play. That Wyoming traditionally has played okay at the pit, though.
0: Some of their best teams have gone in there and got waxed, though. I, and yeah, some of their worst teams have gone in there and won. Yeah.
1: It, it, it's a weird situation, but actual pit games, not just at the New Mexico over the years, they've played okay. Yeah. And – um my all-time favorite, though, is Brett McFaul.
0: Oh, absolutely. The sh- Hushing them after a huge three.
1: And Fennis jumping into the stands yeah, just because he could.
0: Yeah, and then Josh Adams putting up 38 on them in mm-hmm. 2017, the last time the Cowboys won there. You're right about the schedule, though. Air Force this Friday night in Laramie, 8 o'clock tip. That is on FS1, but you will not be
1: watching that because you will be at the game. And for the two people who email me first, you will get a pair of tickets to Friday night's game. So email Jared at townsquaremedia.com that's j a r e d dot n e w l a n d at townsquaremedia.com and I will transfer a pair of tickets to you for Friday night's game there you go do you have a parking pass with that I think we only have one to hand out so the first so the first one who you know what I'll even give you mine because I will be out of town this weekend how many tickets are you giving out here? Uh, Two pair. Two pair, okay. Let's go two pair. Okay. And if we have more and there's a third email, a fourth email, I might be able to help you out. But let's go for sure the first two people that email me, tickets and a parking pass.
0: There you go. And uh, winnable, very winnable. I like how you you mentioned that this is kind of setting up now. I mean, we've had that Boise State, New Mexico road gauntlet here that's been staring us in the face thinking, oh man, is this going to go from bad to worse Uh, in it? You know, they really fought their ass off at Boise State. Uh, Wasn't mad about that one, really, at all. Uh, Boise State's really good. They're really good. And the Cowboys just, this this turmoil is unbelievable. I think they should have beat UNLV, maybe. They were tough that whole game. They played their ass off, and they had just been sucker-punched so hard, losing these guys, and the news about Noah Reynolds
1: so Uh, we were just talking about the border war and the boot and everything yeah just got a text message from a gentleman that's up at the capitol just down the street here from us the bronze boots in the house really yeah there's a picture of the bronze boot in the house chamber so that means coach glenn or uh, coach glenn coach bowl must be there today yeah he
0: was there yesterday too so i had a guy i know a legislator i was like hey is he saying anything cool i didn't know he was going to be here i would have gone And he said, uh, no, nothing crazy. And I said, if he talks about kicking doors down or winning a Mountain West Championship, I need to find the audio on this, please. (laughs) So apparently he's not saying that. But uh, uh, he's known to get fired up here and there and say some stuff. He's
1: over there trying to get some money. Yeah,
0: yeah, we know what he's doing over there. So yeah, Cowboys-Falcons, Friday night, 8 p.m. Then it's Utah State in Laramie on the 21st for a 7 p.m. game. Uh, Utah State winnable as well. Uh, Watched a lot of the San Jose State game against Utah. Speaking of, San Jose State, wow. What a surprise they've been. Tim Miles has those dudes clicking. And they have had the same starting lineup for every single game this year. Wyoming's on number 16, which is the most in the nation.
1: Well, I thought he was full of crap when we were talking last year, having beers, saying (coughs) how good they were going to end up being. That's why he took that job. And I was like, you can't turn that program around. Well, yeah. Proving me wrong
0: already. Yeah. Spartans fans get out and follow this team, man. They're fun to watch, too. They are really salty. They went into the Thompson Mac last night and handed it to UNLV, swept the season series.
1: Didn't, didn't they lose to Air Force by 30? Yeah. Not too long. It's just, yeah. Well, they, didn't they beat Air Force by 30? I think they waxed them. I can't remember. But I know they lost a the game by 22, so. Yeah. But anyway.
0: But still, they've been playing really good of late. I mean, they beat the Cowboys like a drum. Uh, with ease, 20-point win there in San Jose. Uh, but after Utah State on the 21st, it's the Border War Part 2 down in Fort Collins. That is on February 24th, a Friday night at 7 p.m. That could be rowdy and fun. Also winnable. And then Nevada, who is another, if it's if it's between Tim Miles or Steve Alford this year.
1: Yeah, who is the coach of the year?
0: Uh, I... I don't know. I mean, the Nevada team I watched last year from courtside in the Thompson Mac during the Mountain West tournament and the two games against Wyoming, they were in shambles. And think about the guys they lost, too. Sherfield.
1: Sherfield's lighting it up at OU right now. Yeah.
0: But they lost some cats, man. Yeah. They had some really good players last year, and they looked so miserable on the court. And look at them now. They're on the brink of the top 25, too. They're playing so well. They won at the pit. They're the ones who kind of sent New Mexico into this tailspin.
1: I would have to go with Tim Miles on a vote just because he's likable. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred is not, in my opinion. Uh, uh, but at the same time, they've both done a great job coaching yeah, this year. Yeah, so. they really
0: have. So the Nevada Wolf Pack will be the uh, season finale in Laramie to, on uh, the 27th of February. I have no idea what day that is, but um, then it's on the road at San Diego State, uh, the hottest team. Yeah, Brian Dutcher, you got to mention his name and coach of the year is always too. He just keeps doing it.
1: But somebody who is favored to win the league should not be coach of the year yeah. unless they run the table, yeah, and rank tenth in the country. What are they,
0: twenty and five right now? Yeah, they're uh, they're really good as usual. And you know what's crazy? I can't help but look at that last game at Santa, San Diego State and think we had that one circled at the beginning of the year.
1: And how about how well Wyoming played against them in Laramie?
0: Yeah. They really did. I mean, San Diego State is taking people to the woodshed right now. Yep. So, really tough Mountain West this year. Um love the spoiler role. Once again, I'm not a conference guy whatsoever, so I could care less, but they or I couldn't care less. They that that win last night by Wyoming. <laughs> That's sending some shockwaves. People thought the Mountain West could get five teams in the tournament. There's not a shot in hell. And anybody who's beat New Mexico now, that doesn't look like as big of a win as it did as it once did.
1: They'll be lucky to get four now.
0: Yeah. yeah, they really will. I think Boise State gets in. I still I have a really hard time believing in Nevada still. I mean, I know they've done a great job this year, but I really have a hard time believing in those guys. San Diego State's in. I think Boise State's in.
1: And now all of a sudden that game in Fort Collins next Friday night is lurking to be pretty big because it could get Wyoming out of the cellar. Yeah. Um, officially out of the cellar if they were to end up in a tie yep. or anything like that because they would have beat them twice then. So,
0: If the season were to end last night, it would be Wyoming and New Mexico again in Las Vegas in the opening round. I, th- I think you like that for the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, you would think the house is – going to be ready to roll by then of course
0: even with house they only yeah. beat wyoming by one but in there he
1: is so reckless he's so good at times but he's so reckless yeah
0: too. i think you like that matchup a lot and if not it looks like it could be the cowboys and unlv uh, you never like playing them on their home floor and got it's them just, last year it's just not a great matchup yeah I know. it's just it's not but, you know, winnable games at Air Force. I really think the Cowboys win that game. I think they find a way. Then they get some confidence here, two wins in a row. And then Utah State coming into Laramie. Utah State does not, has not impressed me at all, aside from when they beat Wyoming, basically. And then CSU, very winnable. Those last two are going to be tough. But, you know, you want to be a team right now that not only plays spoiler, but becomes really hard to play against and scary to face in Las Vegas. And for a minute there after San Jose State, they didn't look very scary to anybody. But after these last three, although only one and two, they look a hell of a lot better and they look like a team you probably don't want to face because they can hit 11 threes on you in a heartbeat. And if they have that kind of effort like they had last night where they're pulling down rebounds, especially on the offensive glass, who knows? And I know that going to Las Vegas, I want to go and cover some wins. I don't want to just go and hang out and cover the Cowgirls, who should win a couple in Vegas, you would think. I want to see the Cowboys win. And it already sucks because how many Wyoming fans were supposed to be. Could you imagine if things would have happened the way they were supposed to? How oh, many yeah. Wyoming fans would be in the Thomas & Mack Center next month? It's depressing to I think know.
1: about. We, uh, <laughs> we canceled our trip, and I know a lot of other people that did as well.
0: Yeah, it sucks really sucks, but you know what, too? Maybe this, if they build some momentum toward the end of the year, maybe these guys we're talking about who could leave, maybe they go, I'm not leaving. Look at, we got we have the stuff here. We have the stuff to make a run next year, not to mention the uh, chip that is going to be very apparent on the shoulder all season long. So we're going to wrap things up here. Once again, Cowboys Air Force, Friday night, 8 p.m. Game is on FS1. Get your ass to the arena.
1: Also, announcement that came out last week. Zach Bryan, guy that we were talking about, <laughs> yeah. open the gate. Yeah, Sunday night Frontier Days.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. I'm I, I'm excited. That's coming out. What the full slate on March second. March second. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I have I found a date here. Uh, March 28th is when spring football is going to start over in Laramie, and then whatever that last Saturday is of April will be the uh, spring. spring game. So. Excited for that. Really pumped for Wyoming football. Um, Saw a graphic. I believe it was ESPN that came out with this graphic. and This just tells you the state of the transfer portal and what it's done to college athletics. Do you remember, Jared, that the Cowboys were the third youngest team in the United States of America last year?
1: Let me guess. They're the third oldest now.
0: Fourth oldest. 83% of their returning production coming back in 2023.
1: Okay, that's based off of production. Production. Not years. Yeah, but not still. Birth years. Yeah, okay. still
0: really they were production-wise. I mean, like we talked about, defensive ends never even had a sack to their credit. Yeah. So, they were way down on the list last year and now they're right up top.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I like that. It's <laughs> crazy. Cuz it doesn't make We're talk We need to talk birth years.
0: Yeah birth years they're still one of the youngest yeah. teams in the country but last year it was youngest and inexperienced okay so uh excited to get into some cowboy football here we'll have some cowboy football news still have a lot from craig bowl's last press conference a couple weeks ago uh definitely still have a lot of stories coming from that that i'm going to get into not to mention the series i was working on that got screwed up by all this breaking news
1: and if you listen to this before um the hockey game starts tonight take the over in the sabers game it's a little inside info
0: (laughs) sabers ducks tonight i need to get home actually all right guys thanks for joining us as always stay tuned next week we'll be back at it same time same place Shopify, were you wondering where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform, supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the chit-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/listen. Shopify.com/listen.